0: Welcome to the Excellent Question podcast. I'm your host, Yahya Kella. Today, my guest is my cousin, Haval. Haval is a production engineer at a major car company in Germany. Haval obtained a master's degree in engineering from Aachen University before starting his career building electric cars. We talked about what it means to be an engineer, what production engineering is, and managing your priorities in such a demanding profession. Without further ado, here's Haval. What is production engineering?
1: The thing is, we call it um, production engineering, or in English you call it, I think, manufacturing engineering. It's it's almost the same. It comes from mechanical engineering. It's like a part of it. You can see it as ability to turn like raw material. You have really raw material, like metal or other stuff, plastics, and um, you turn that into a product you want and um, the thing is you turn it in a very effective and efficient and also economic way so you can make money off it so that's the whole purpose like helping others and also make money off it so that's production engineering in very uh, overview of it very gross so if you go in detail it's more about how you Manufacture things like uh, you need people, you need equipment, you need machines, you need um, tools. Uh, you need the the type of manufacturing. Is it like manual? Is it like uh, automated? Do we have line production? Uh, line production uh, when you just have uh, a line. Uh, And um, that line is split in many stations and every station does just one part of the work. So that's like line assembly.
0: Uh, So with manufacturing, what are the main materials that are used?
1: Yeah, the main materials, uh, as I just told, is metal. So that's the most common material you use Uh, it's if you talk about cars you start with just a a sheet of metal um, and then you just form it and uh, build out that the body of the car so that's um that's really the first um, material you, you use and then after that in the process of production a lot of materials comes come in. For example, a lot of plastics because um, they are cheap, they are robust, and um, they are um, easy to make. So a lot of plastics, and also a lot of um, screws, and um, and yeah, like everything happens in the car. If you talk about the car, because I come from the car. Car section, so I can tell only about the cars. Uh, but in general, it's every material you can think about, and you have on the planet. It is um, it is a res- resource, or it's a material to build. So there's no material you can't use. Obviously, not hazardous materials. We're talking about it's like the materials you're using all the day. Um, like metals, like plastics, like wood, uh, like re- these these um yeah materials which are uh, reusable and like um, yeah it's it's almost every every material you can think about it.
0: Mm. What did you want to be when you were in high school?
1: <laughs> it was yeah that's that's a funny question because. Uh, beginning of high school, I didn't even know what to do. I just went with the flow, you know, Just one year, then the other, and then finished this exam and passed this exam, you know. And then there was a moment, it was um, end of high school and uh, you had to choose. (laughs) So I I thought about uh, what's my skills like, what do I like and what subject is what I really can do, like what, where am I good in? And there were only two subjects I really liked and where I was good at, good at it. So it was biology and mathematics, like math. And um, and then all my friends, like uh, most of them, started mechanical engineering or also industrial engineering. engineering. And I thought, okay, I can do math. I can also do mechanical engineering, so I just started. <laughs> I just started, and then um, that was the beginning of my studying um, in my hometown. Um yeah, I started mechanical engineering as a bachelor degree,
0: and that was in the middle of Germany. You did a. It was
1: a in, yeah. It's it's pretty the middle of Germany. The town's called Kassel. And um, the next known town in the the next known town is Frankfurt. It's approximately two hours away. It's a small town, it's a um, beautiful, beautiful town, a lot of nature, green, and um, a lot of arts. So you have all, all five years you have some uh, museum and art um, presentation all over the city. And yeah, after school, I just stayed in the city and um, uh, began with my studies. Uh, also, I didn't want to move. It was uh, it was too early to move out, like to, to leave the city, to leave my parents and family and, and uh, friends. So I just stayed there.
0: Yeah. It's interesting. You said you, your two favorite subjects are the math and biology. Here yeah. and a really big field that's exploding right now is biostatistics.
1: You're right, maybe I should choose that one.
0: <laughs> I don't know. Um, well,
1: you, you never know what could happen, or so. Um, and to be honest, I'm very happy with the decision I made. I'm very happy as to work as an engineer, and because um, it's not just a it's not just a job. I'm thinking like that. I'm acting in in real life, like in in private also. Um, I'm using all the tools I learned uh, in private and also in um, yeah, um, improving my life, economic, uh, like the the financial side. I'm also like doing everything uh, efficient as much as it is possible. Even my wife doesn't like that because, you know, sometimes they like, (laughs) there's something you call design, you know, they they like it like that. And you're like, oh, that doesn't make any sense, but okay, it looks good if you want it, let it, (laughs)
0: let's
1: let's keep it like that. Um, But everything else is, it's really, it's helping and I like that.
0: Yeah. So because of engineering you started to engineer everything else in your life
1: maybe maybe I'm it's just my my person maybe it's just because of engineering I can' think differently and um, all the tools I learned all the processes uh, I'm also using in private so that's nothing you can divide you can't say well at work you're an engineer and at home you're just a I don't know <laughs> doing nothing you know it's it's there's no barrier it's no um, yeah
0: you're an engineer 24 no, hours a day no
1: it's no yeah there's no wall uh, between it it's it's who I am I'm living and living living it so I'm really happy I can't think differently to be honest it's just the way I am maybe you're feeling the same isn't it <laughs>
0: Well, personally, I have changed a lot since I went to engineering school.
1: But now you're behaving more like an engineer although the old, the, like all the time, isn't it?
0: Well, with certain things, definitely. Like a lot of startup people, a lot of uh, entrepreneurs, they, stu- they study engineering. Like a lot of the people I knew when I went to Waterloo, you know, some of them started businesses. And then even if it had nothing to do with what they studied. Yeah, they still use what they learned.
1: That's it. That's it. What I'm talking about. It's like the the tools of planning. You have a lot of project management. So you know how to plan things. You know, it's it's only it's also because you know the studies are hard. You you also studied engineering, so you know it's hard. You know, there's there are timelines. There are dead um, dead deadlines. You have to reach them and. There's also, it's combined with with money, you know, if you don't have, if you study too long, then you have less money, so you have to hurry up with your studies. And then um, it means you have to do things efficiently, also the learning, also planning of things. And that's why it's something just, I became that thing. (laughs) So um, I'm using all these tools. And how you also said, like all these people who are um, doing these startups, they're also using this um, this tools also it's very helpful also inside it
0: yeah it forces you to, to make things real to take yeah. something theoretical and to create something real and to do that you need to think about money you need to think about scheduling you need to think about materials um theory
1: yeah so that's a whole that's the thing um I think a lot of people, if they if they uh, hear mechanical engineering or, or engineering, they just think about um, some guy is building something like a car or a, I don't know some mechanic thing. But it's not only that. It's it's all it's also financial side of of um uh, of engineering like you need something to be engineered, but also that thing has to be affordable and that thing you want to sell and to make some money out of it. Maybe if not, but it it has to be affordable. And um, that's one side. And then the other side is you have a lot of materials and you have to think about where do I get these materials? Are they, do they grow naturally? Do I, is this something like limited resources we have? And um that's why um it's not only building something, it's all everything uh combined with it. It's, it's the chemical side of it. You have to think about it. does it does it have any reaction with anything else? So um that's uh, more than just building one um robot or one
0: one thing. Yeah, you have to source your materials and do it in a way that's affordable and safe. So, when you started studying mechanical engineering at the University of Castle, when did you learn about production engineering as a specific discipline? It
1: was. That was late. It um, was. It wasn't even in my bachelor. Um, phase it was in my masters to be honest so um, beginning with my bachelor the first semester in, in, in mechanical engineering is just um um we all we, we all have the same um, topics we all have the same um, lessons so Um, Yeah, like the same courses and after the fourth semester, you can choose uh, which topic you want to focus on, like which branches and there are a lot of branches like there are uh, um, mechanics, thermodynamics, production, technology, uh, fluid mechanics, you know, that one. So uh, quality, logistics, that's that's a huge amount of branches you can focus on. And the thing I focused on was thermodynamics because i really, I like that really. And, um, it was a passion. And also the people in that Institute, I then worked for as a student. Um, yeah, they were cool guys. So I just moved on, kept, like I, I still, um, kept there as a, as a student and then, um, my bachelor's thesis also on that topic? So at the end, I had the bachelor degree as as a with a focus on thermodynamics. It wasn't even anything with production. Um, even I had an internship at uh, Volkswagen at that time. Um, it was in um, it was in the production, but still. I had to focus on thermodynamics because it really made it was it really was fun. It explains a lot, like it explains really everything you are living. It explains the world how it works, also, um, all the heat transfer, all the uh, what what happens around you, like the surroundings, and uh, there like, thermodynamics is the big thing you can see. It's not like production. You have one product and then you can, you, you know, oh, okay, that guy just engineered this thing and then this came out. No, thermodynamics is just, well, it's, it's a thing like physics. You can't see, but it's everywhere <laughs> around you.
0: Did anything change for you when you did that internship with Volkswagen?
1: Not really. Not really. I knew, like, Volkswagen is a very big company, um, car manufacturer and you got a lot of money working there. But the thing is, it was it looked really boring. You had a lot of people walking around, um, most of them, um, yeah, it's not efficiently how they work. Um, uh, yeah, so in that way, I don't wanna talk too much on uh, the way they work. But it's so big and it, it's, it's just the problem. It's, it's so big, you can't focus on, on everybody. So you're just one of many thousands of uh, workers all around the world working for Volkswagen. Um, it's hard to make an impact. It's um, hard to, um, to have your voice listened. And and to have your idea being realized, it's really hard. There are some um, some kind of that thing happens, like, but it's really hard um, for for anyone to get above to have his ideas and heard. Yeah, so that's why after that I focused more on more little companies, smaller companies. Um, i i thought it's also a better chance in smaller com- uh, companies to to improve yourself and also to to move forward in the career you know like yeah that's what changed in my mind i worked there for almost four four or five months as a student
0: and after that you were looking for smaller companies to do the rest of your internships and
1: no i just no I, yeah i just finished my it was an internship I had to do as a, a course or I don't know what's called like credit points I needed for my bachelor degrees and then um, I had my four months and then I just left and uh, after my degrees I also moved on left to another city and um, made my master degree somewhere else. So I didn't stay in that city.
0: What made you decide to do a master's?
1: Um, yeah, I wanted to just go to the limit, you know, um, just experience where are my uh, my limits, how far can I go, and, and uh, with the bachelor degree, I wasn't, I didn't have the feeling I was um, I was ready, you know, I had the feeling I need still, I need um, more. More courses or more education or just more training you know it's it wasn't enough. I didn't feel i was I was lucky and i was ha- I was happy so just moved on and also made my master somewhere and then the thing is I could stay there, and do my masters there, but um I don't know it was a time of changing of mind also um, I knew what. Like till then, till the fourth semester, <laughs> I had a lot of partying and um, I didn't really focus on studying the the priority. The highest priority was like uh, doing sports and, and my friends, it was like the first priority. And then it was university, like the second or third priority. So after the fourth semester, I had a, I don't know. It was like a waking up and uh, asking myself, "What I doing here? Do you want to really be an engineer? If yes, you have to do something else. Like not else, but you have to do the things differently. You have to put engineering on top of, of your list. And you can do still like sports and friends and everything, but they are like second, secondary, like second priority. And in this city, it was really hard because, you know, if you grow up in a city, you have a lot of friends. And if the city is also not that big, you know a lot of people, like almost everyone. You go, on, you go, you walk, you have a walk on the street, you know everyone walking beside you. So that's also a bit distracting. Uh, a lot, A lot of stuff to do, a lot of really cool stuff, really a lot of friends calling you and um, that's why also my decision um, was I had to leave the city to focus more on what I am and also on what I want to become. So that was one um, of, of the reason I left for another city. The other reason was I need to move out of my comfort zone. It was my comfort zone because I had all my family there. I had my friends. I, I knew every spot of the city. And I need to to go out to tell people, hey, I made it also somewhere else, not not only in my hometown. Everyone can do that. So um especially you, you, you did the same, right? So you also moved somewhere else, did some um experiences, uh that's really important, I guess.
0: Yeah, I did six different internships, or we call them <laughs> co-op terms, and I lived in like ten different places, ten different cities. I went to exchange in like Asia.
1: Yeah, do this. Yeah, you did a lot, a lot more than I did.
0: You went three hours away.
1: Yeah, Germany is not that big. It's not like Canada or the U.S. <laughs> So three hours is a lot. It's really far away.
0: <laughs> that's funny. You were talking about how you, you know you're uh, all you got. You got all your friends around you, and I'm like, that's the dream. That's what I want to do. You made a mistake.
1: Um. Yes. Yes. Maybe. But sometimes you need you need that, and then you can go back. I mean, it's not never late. You know, you it's never late. You can go back. You can go back to your old friends, have this fun, and the um, thing is without going out or or leaving the city, I don't think I would be the one I am today. Um, And it's sometimes I'm thinking about it like uh, I don't have a lot of, but I don't have so many friends as I used to have. But maybe that's that's okay. Maybe that's good also. Uh, So I have also I have a very good friend uh, who's living very near he also studies um, here in Berlin. Um, he's doing his PhD. So, and the other one, other other good friend, um, he's abroad. He's not uh, in Germany for. So, um, he's doing that for his career. So maybe in the next years he's also coming back, and then we are all reunited. So, friends are coming back, or you can go back to them. It's not the thing, but. Once you didn't take the chances you got, then it's too late, I guess. It's just for me. I don't know. Everyone can do that another way, but that's that's my opinion.
0: Uh.
1: Yeah. In that time, that was like it, for me, that was more important. I had to get my shit done, and I had to get the things done, and that was more important.
0: Uh yeah yeah bring it back to mechanical engineering it's one of the most broad engineering disciplines with all of these different specialties what did you choose when you did your masters and where did you go <laughs>
1: yeah that's also funny so i started with also term um thermodynamics and after one semester i just uh, Just figured out it it doesn't make any. It's it's not the same as I did in in Castle. So I had to do something else. I looked around, like um, what's what's the next best thing I could do? Like what's um, the thing it would uh, bring me further? My my dreams or my my um, my plans, my goals. And um, since we are in a country. Um, which is really known for um, car manufacturing, also for engineering. A um, plant to start with production engineering. It's it's called like it's, it's mechanical engineering, but with focus on production. So I just started um, that in, in Aachen. It's uh, yeah, it's on the border to near to uh, the Netherlands. And, as you also said, it's just three hours away from my hometown. Yeah, And uh, for now, I'm really happy it was really the best decision I made because production is so I don't know what to how you say it. It's so rich in uh, it has a lot of um, uh, faces, it has a lot of branches. You can do really a, a lot with with production. Yeah, it's not the common thing when you um, think about production is you have one car or one uh, um, fire, uh, uh, no, not fire, um, what's called a plane, you know, it's, um, it's, there's a lot of things you can um, manufacture.
0: How did your courses change when you went from thermodynamics to production?
1: yeah the thing is um it changed that i had to uh, calculate less it was not that hard calculating things like um, doing all the measures and calculating and and have all these big data sheets and tables and i have to to see in which degrees i have which form of, of uh, material like is it paper anything else in in production it's more you have to it's it's a very old technique technology so you have just to learn the things which are um, invented so um, and, and also which things are effective Um, working right now for example the production lines or manufacturing lines uh, which uh, which um, different types of production lines are there so you have the pros and the cons of the production lines that's what you learn it's more you learn the things um, uh, what's called Um, uh, if you more you memorize things and you learn um it's
0: it's less calculating that's what i want to say yeah so it's more also, yeah, concepts it's, and have, less number crunching
1: yeah that's what I, what i'm trying to say because calculating you you have still to do i mean if if you have tech times if you have output you have to do some math but uh, it's not like physics it's not like mechanics it's not like thermodynamics it's, it's a bit more it's it's a bit less Yeah. Hmm. You just learn the principles, like how do you do things? What uh, of types are there? Which types can you use if you have some kind of product? So that's also very important. For example, if you start a business, you want to build something and then you have to choose which type of production you use. Um, for example, manual or automated production. And if you use or you, if you choose the wrong one, then uh, yeah, you will lose lose the job or you will um, you don't make any money of it, and you will rec- recognize it very fast. So there are some principles you have to know about, like pros and cons and uh, what to do, and then at the right time you have to choose the right thing.
0: So in Germany, university uh, is uh, as far as I understand, much cheaper than it is in North America. Uh, most of this audience is probably going to be in the U.S. and Canada. What did it cost you to get your bachelor's and master's degree?
1: <laughs> yeah, I heard a lot of numbers from the U.S. I don't know about Canada, but uh, like you watch a lot of uh, movies and everything, and a lot of you have some friends um, flying there and coming back. And uh, you hear like numbers, it's just crazy. And we are paying only a tuition of uh, two hundred fifty to um, three hundred euros a semester. It depends on the university, so it's um, uh, I have like four universities I know about. Um, the the cheapest one was two hundred fifty euros we paid uh, one semester the most expensive one was 300 and we don't yeah we don't say it's more um tuition it's just um we pay that only for all the uh, planning behind uh, like uh, all the gold yeah just forget about it
0: just yeah that's one. the that's the student fee i don't think you pay any tuition
1: yeah, yeah yeah it's just you know like only for the people working at um, they are doing your log and doing your cards doing your i don't know all the internet all the b- 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 bureaucracy things um yeah you know all the paper stuff so it's just for that it's not for yeah it's not you're paying not the university for that
0: and was this the same but, during your master's
1: yeah it's it's also the same yeah i just uh, when i started university in 2011 or 12 I don't, I don't remember um it was like that but it was like new it's not it wasn't um, something normal so the the people before me they paid much more but it was never like the us so it wasn't not that much so lucky yeah so there were a lot of people um going to the netherlands or to other places where you don't have these tuition but uh, when i started there were no tuitions just these fees or i don't know what to call it It's just 250 to um 300 euros a semester it's it's nothing
0: that's amazing
1: yeah i mean if you save 50 euros every month
0: that's it (laughs) When you moved to Aachen, did you have to take a loan or work to support yourself?
1: No, we have we have this thing called BAföG.
0: It's um,
1: the the, um, the country is helping you um, with studying, and it's paying the. You have to pay only the half of the uh, the money they they borrow you or the land. So. Um, but then, also after um, a long time, they um, now they have a um, regulation where you only pay ten thousand euros back. Uh, so if you spend thirty thousand euros, you just spend ten. You just give them ten thousand back. It
0: doesn't. Oh, um, this is a government loan that you only pay yeah, part of it back. Yes. Yes. So and that's what you did.
1: Uh, every, everyone who has a German um, passport. Can, uh, can apply for that and, um, but it's also combined with um, credit points. So you have to reach um, um, uh, a number of credit points at a number of semester. And if you don't do that, they just quit um, giving you the money. So that's also one thing which is motivating people <laughs> to do their studies real quick.
0: Did you have to so finish in a certain time?
1: Um, not, not really. No. If it's about the money, yes. So um, they they tell you, for example, you need ninety um, credit points uh, at the uh, I don't know um, third semester or something, or second semester. I don't know. And if you don't reach that, they just don't pay you, or they just they, they don't give you money, but you can um, move on with your studies. It doesn't um, harm your studies, you know, doesn't have any negative impact of on it. So you can move on and study so long you want. Uh, sometimes there are things like they change the subject, so you have to take the subject again. So it's better to move on quickly because I have, I, I had two friends who studied too long and then the, the plan just, changed and then they had to do new courses or the courses they did just were they they couldn't count it anymore so it's you're you're getting in trouble (laughs) yeah you don't want to do that doesn't make fun it's not funny
0: so how much debt did you graduate with when you finish your master's
1: really man do you know do you want to know that so um what i had to pay back was only ten thousand euros, yeah, but I got much more than that i got i don't know i mean maybe thirty five or something thirty five k um thirty five thousand yeah yeah that's what i got i only paid back like ten or, or eleven hundred um um eleven thousand euros I don't know something like that it's not it wasn't that much compared to that what i what i got. It's still a lot of money, ten thousand euro.
0: Oh my god! And you went to one of the best engineering schools in Germany.
1: Yeah, they're all the same here. If it's it doesn't matter if it's the best or or the worst one. You you pay
0: always the same. That that's the cool thing about it. Anybody who's listening in the US is their head is exploding right now.
1: Yeah, people just come over and do your studies here. <laughs> It's really cheap, and um, you can still go back.
0: But do you? Is it still free if you're not a citizen? If you're an international student? That's,
1: that's a good question. I don't know about that, to be honest. But there are a lot of international students, for example, from China or India, well, who I met in Aachen, and they didn't pay so much. So I, I think they also paid the same amount, same amount as me. Like it was two hundred eighty or ninety euros a semester, but it was only for the degree. It was only for the degree, I guess, and then they had to go back, or they got a job and then they they, they can stay in the country.
0: I just looked it up. It's still free for international students.
1: Yeah, you just have to apply for it. It's really not that. But oh, oh yeah, I had I had one Indian colleague. Um, at the work, and he told me he applied two times for FTH Aachen to study their, uh, I think, fluid mechanics or something. And he was declined. I don't understand why, but um, yeah, maybe sometimes that happens happens too. I don't know. And so he just applied somewhere else, and it worked out.
0: Oh, you know what? For non-EU residents, you do have to pay about 1500 euros per semester. I'm not sure if that was finalized yet. I just read an article. Anyway, it's not super important. It's way cheaper than pretty much every other.
1: How much is it in the US? I can I didn't I don't I don't know it. It's just like 6 or 4000 or something like that.
0: In Canada, it's normal to pay like 8 to 12,000 per year. And in the US, it, it's like I don't know like 10 to 50,000 a year. There's so much range because there's like the small ten, schools. 10 to what? 10 to what? 10
1: to 50 euros.
0: Yeah. What?
1: What Yeah, what I don't do get they it. Give you, man. What's what's the thing? Is it a degree out of gold or what's it, what is it? I don't know.
0: Well, apparently if you go to one of the uh best schools like Stanford. Yeah. You get to meet aliens or something?
1: Oh, yeah. That's it. Must must it be? Yeah. Would
0: that's you pay it. that much if you got to meet aliens?
1: If I had that money, yeah. If not, I wouldn't, and also I couldn't. <laughs> but um, if my parents would be that wolfy, why not? I mean, yeah. Why not? Maybe you have. I mean, the thing is, to be honest, if you go to good universities you have this thing called connection or network so you know someone who works somewhere um, who's maybe a manager or something and um, it makes things easier maybe uh, you, you a lot of doors will open to you because you know people and that's why the thing in, in the us it's, it's maybe the same thing you know if you go to good universities you have people of network and then it's easier easier to get a good job also that's true that that helped me um to be honest um when i started my first job it was uh, out of the network of the university network and then it was a project out of the network uh, out of the um, university uh, from an institute for production and they just built the first, like they just built an electric vehicle for, um, uh, for transportation and also for utilization, for example, for uh, delivering packages and everything. And it was, it was just a project. And then uh, it was so cheap and, the, pro, and the, the project and also the planning and everything was so good and the product was so good that um, the German post and DHL just bought the company, so um, and out of that network, I um, just started there working as a production engineer.
0: So your first job was basically a referral from people you knew at your university.
1: Yeah, yeah. I started with an internship. Um, from that internship, um, it, um, it ended up in a. student working um, uh, contract in another company and out of that it ended up because they worked with this um, electrical vehicle company so I had contact with them and after I finished um, I was like hey I need a job do you have something and they were like we know you you did great so why not that's the thing maybe um, yeah it works out maybe if you go somewhere where the network is better i don't know
0: that's the reason people say for why they go to the more expensive schools the schools that have better reputation
1: but to be honest that can happen everywhere it doesn't it's not one thing for uh, go to universities can happen everywhere also in bad universities i don't know if there's something like bad universities but um so it, it maybe i was i was just lucky i don't know
0: i definitely got a lot of uh people in my network because of where i went to school yeah okay so
1: there's a connection right
0: yeah lots of connections and when i applied to jobs in the past and somebody would recognize, like, we went to the same school, they're more likely to interview me.
1: Yeah, yeah, I had the same thing right now uh, with my new job, and um, I got, like, every two or three weeks, I got an email with, hey, do you know that, that guy You used to work with you or you used to go to the same university or school? what do you say about him? Is he okay or not? And then I have to yeah, give my opinion. So I'm, I guess that's how network works. <laughs> I don't know.
0: <laughs> exactly. Were you interested in car making before you worked at that electric car company?
1: So the thing is, uh, I, I'm, I'm coming from Germany. And you know, Germany is, is known for its cars. of course so yeah so everywhere you look it's just cars you know like the the really big companies are car companies here Um, so the um, what's called like um, uh, so that it's more likely that you start as a in a car company and um, it's where i started it was not it's not a it's not a normal car company like volkswagen audi i don't know um, daimler Uh, it's it was an electrical driven um, car so it was something new in germany Um, and the company also was new so that it was like a startup to be honest so that's the thing why i really choose to work there and um, i really liked it the idea of uh, working in a company which is really new when i started it was only four years old or less and um, we were only 200 people or, or 280 or something and it's just different um as the normal car um, companies so if this company would um, would um, manufacture something else, may, maybe, I don't know, vacuum cleaners or something else, which the product just um, was innovative and um, cool. Maybe, probably I just would start there. It's not about the car. Why I started, it, just was, it was the idea why I started there. It, it was the product and the idea behind it. Why I started as a product engineer as in that company.
0: Mm, so it was more about being a small company, having an interesting idea, and the fact that it was new.
1: Yeah, exactly. It was. It's still. It's still very cool. You know, it's um, um. When I started, it was a. It, it is still a startup, and um, even if they um were bought by, by German Post for, I think, 6 million euros, something like that. It's still, it still feels like a startup. And also I was involved um, in a, in opening and planning and realizing as the second plant for them, like production plant. So it's, it was really interesting. Um, I learned a lot of things which you, I I wouldn't if I, for example, joined Volkswagen, where the plant is uh, is there since I don't know, uh, 1900, uh, uh,
0: 1900 something. I don't know, you know, like a hundred years old, yeah,
1: yeah, something like that. Um, and and here I could realize, um, or I could bring in the ideas I also have, and uh, that was something I, I could, um, I, I it was a good feeling to be honest, that um, one part of your hard work is in that company, in that plant, and you could see it. And every time I just entered the company and the plant, um, I saw all the stations I just built up, and I was like, yeah, that was me. <laughs> Yeah, it it sounds a bit uh uh unnormal and a bit strange, but uh, it's a really good feeling to know you did something and you you realized you realized something, yeah. And still it does. I mean, it today it still does. It's something which yeah, it really feels good if you do it and if you know you that that one thing you did, it's your work. It's your hard work
0: yeah uh what's different about making electric cars
1: that's a good good question um, it starts all with the planning of the car it's not as a lot of people think or maybe i mean now we are in a time where people know how an electric car is built or what's the difference between but i mean before that a lot of people just didn't know and they thought they just take a normal combustion um, um, car and they um put a battery in it and a in mo- an electric um, motor and that's all and then it will uh will drive and everything it will work um yeah to be honest it will work so a lot of companies do that but it's not the efficient way to do in a electric car and it's also not the most pri. um um, economic way or the best economic way to, to build an electric car. So if you build an electric car, you have to think everything from the scratch, like you have to think it differently from the beginning. So that's that's a different um, difference. And also you have a lot of um, parts which just um, disappears with electric cars, for example, or the combustion motor and everything and um, co- um, uh, combined with it or uh, so that's one thing and that's also no not no gear inside the car so you don't have a gear inside it it's still there it's like it works like an automatic gear but you don't have this manual gear you know um so that's also disappearing from the inside of the car so the interior um just looks like an automatic driven car yeah the, the, the noise is different you don't have a noise anymore that's something um, uh, really changed the, the feeling of how you drive a car. When well, you start, you have, you have the the battery, and the battery is weighs a lot. So you have to know how to um, install the battery, and um, uh, you need to. To be honest, you need the whole um, area below the car for the battery because till now the battery is not the technology for battery is not that far away so you can say i use a very small battery and have for example thousand kilometers um uh, i don't know driving with it so you have a big battery and that takes a lot of space so we have to plan all the yeah all the space of the car which is like the ground of the car it looks different and um yeah so that's that's what's starting and also like the, how the motor is installed inside the car and the components components and um, you have also a lot of noise distraction you have to 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 get rid of it's not like a combustion car Um the combustion car is you have this noise from the motor which is over um, sounding, or I don't know what what's the...
0: Oh, it's drowning out the outside noise, yeah.
1: It, yeah, for exactly. And in the um, electric car, you hear everything. You really, it's, it's just, sometimes you just hear some click and, and some really small noises and it, it makes you crazy. So you have to build the chassis and um, the, the body. That's... Um, Stable or that's um, robust, but it doesn't make any that um, sounds.
0: It seems like the battery is a major issue for these cars. Like that, you you have to fit in a lot of battery to get a decent amount of range, and so you have to spread it out basically throughout the whole car, and then everything else gets built on top of that.
1: Exactly, but. Um, to compare that with the combustion car um, down or under the car you had before all these combust- combustion things, um, I don't know, like the pipes and everything, you know, um, so you didn't use that space before either. Um, you just uh, get rid of it and make a real clean space for the for the battery and also the, the there's a positive um, think of having a really heavy um, heavy battery on the on that level of, of um, like on that height um, the stability of the car in case of a accident or something um, you minimize or you reduce the the height of the um what's called
0: is it less likely to flip over?
1: Yeah, so that's what I'm yeah, what I'm trying to say, it's less likely to flip over. I don't know the, the engineering word in English for that to have the the weight center
0: Oh, the center of gravity, down. the center of mass.
1: Yeah, center of mass. Um, exactly. It's it's um more below normal cars, so um yeah, it doesn't flip over. So, yeah, you, you you can Google or you, you can go on YouTube and and Google all these electric cars, for example, I don't know, like, like Tesla uh, Model S or Model 3, and you can see these crash um, simulations. And it's just awesome, you know. It, they don't flip over so easily like a normal car. Cool, it's a positive thing.
0: Obviously. That's awesome. I wish I never have to test that.
1: <laughs> yeah, I hope that I hope that also for you
0: how much of the manufacturing process is done with robots and how much of it is with people
1: um, it depends it depends on the product it depends on the um, number like the quantity you want to build it depends on the resources you have like the money you have to be honest and um, so these are all the yeah, critical things to start with, to start with the quantity. So you have, a, if you have a less quantity you want to build, for example, you have just 1000 a year. So it's not useful to use robots because robots are expensive and robots are only good for, for two things, I guess. Um, the one thing is for high rate production if you have a task which is um which is um you're doing it over and over again all the time and and um so it's it's better to have a robot and second thing is and i mean the robot can work on on weekends at night so it's for high rate production the sec- second thing is if you have like tasks which need precise um, working uh, which is not being um, realized with human for example it's better to use robots and I guess the third thing is um, if you have a hazardous environment but to go back like um, if you have a small quantity it's not useful if you don't have money don't do that (laughs) and if um, If the product is so complex that you can't use um, robots then it's not then you don't you can't you can't use them for example routing um, the cable inside the car um, it's it's hard for a robot to do that or um yeah so that's the thing i can i can imagine
0: yeah so they um there's some Tasks that are too complex for robots because they're kind of dumb. Yeah. And they need yeah, simple instructions.
1: Yeah. yeah, of course. And then I just read a number. The last days, I think, um, in Germany, on every ten thousand worker, there's one thousand robots, or there are one thousand robots. Okay. So I had that number in mind. You can go. You can go with that. Um, yeah.
0: Okay. How has manufacturing changed in the last 50 years?
1: I didn't work for 50 years, but I can imagine what happened or what, was, what it was like 50 years ago. Um, as I saw a lot of videos for manufacturing also. And um, it was done a lot of, it was done more manually, like all the work were done manually. And there were less data being um, saved. For later, for I don't know, doing any static um, statistical uh, calculations or measurements. So nowadays, in my opinion, it's more internet based, it's more um, data based, um, you have a lot of data saved. Yeah, so it's more data based nowadays, it's more internet, like Internet of Things and in, uh, Industry 4.0. Zero. I don't know if it's one thing you can say in English. It's more. I know it's
0: in German. And um, that's, I guess, what's changed. Do you think like it's more automated?
1: Um, it's hard to say because it's it depends on the on the product how I said. It's not. It doesn't mean when you go further in time that everything is automated. Um, there's still a lot of Um, boundaries for example if you don't have much money so you can't do automation if um, your product product is not um, yeah if your quantity is not high enough then it doesn't make sense to have automation so uh, it doesn't even if you go in uh, to go um, 50 years in the future i don't think everything would be automated it just depends on the product, on the quantity, on a lot of things, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah. People kind of just assume that things get more and more automated, but a lot of things are still way too complicated.
1: It is more automation today, I guess, because automation um, become cheaper than uh, before because a lot of things got. Um, standardized, for example, there are a lot of companies, there are a lot of pressure on the companies, like uh, they have to go to become cheaper than the other one, and then uh, it's more affordable, but there are still some boundaries why you can't have automation. But it will be more. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure it will be more, but it's not like everything. It's like it's, it's
0: only robots working. It uh, That's hard. Maybe in 100 years, I don't know. Then nobody has to work again.
1: Man, uh, yeah, but these things also need people or other computers to to be teach or, or taught how to work. So, yeah, let's let's see what the future brings. I'm I'm open for everything.
0: <laughs> yeah, you just pick one guy in the village to operate the machines, and everybody else has a good time.
1: Yeah, I mean, you have all these machine learning and, and artificial intelligence, everything. Maybe they, the, the machines just tell other machines what to do. And then, yeah, we can just lean back, you know. <laughs> it's not that easy, but um, let's see. Let's see what happens in 50 years. I don't know. Sometimes, uh, sometimes I have the feeling we dream too big. Um, I mean, I, I'm just watching movies, which are, I don't know, 30 years old. And they uh, they they say in t- uh, 2012 we have flying cars all over the cities and everything. So the people just think in the future future everything will be different, but it doesn't. Um, it's not necessary to be different.
0: It might even be worse.
1: Yeah, maybe. I hope that's not getting worse. For example, um, climate change and everything. We have to do something. Um, um, to, to like for a solution to get rid of that, but um, I don't hope it
0: gets, it will get worse. What advice would you give yourself as a teenager, knowing what you know now?
1: Um, yeah, I have like two advice. Um, I would start earlier with um, stocks stocks. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. yes, That's one thing I just uh, began um I started too too late, really too late cuz there were no no one telling me how to do that. And um as a kid, you don't have that on your map, you know, you don't have that. You're more uh, on on playing video games and everything and you don't think about uh, stocks and uh, having money in, in 30, 40, 50 years maybe. And um it's one thing um, I should tell myself as, as an advice. And also the second thing is I would um, um, yeah, party less in that time where <laughs> where I had to study more, so to to be um, to get my degree quicker than than uh, I had right now. So I have so after that I will have or I would have more time for myself and for achieving my dreams, um, for example. So, um, yeah, so the advice would be party before studying or after studying, but not at the time you're studying, <laughs> cause then you're not studying, that's a problem. <laughs> I don't know, that's the two advice I would, yeah, I would give it to myself and uh, maybe to other people.
0: Yeah, some people say, you know, you're never going to wish that you studied more. And those people are wrong. I'll tell you that. (laughs) You're always going to wish you studied more when you're sitting at a job you hate and you got to hire a career coach.
1: That's right. That's right. Um, But I mean, there are times for having fun and there are times for um, sitting there 24 hours and study, you know? And um, when you know the difference, then you are winning. You are winning the game.
0: Exactly. Would you recommend starting your career at a small company or a large company?
1: I would recommend to start um, at a smaller company Um, for for many reasons. Um, The first reason is you have more um, responsibility at smaller companies. Um, You are more part of the team. You have More things to do, um, a lot of like a bigger um, like bigger topics, a lot of more work to do uh, in a smaller company. Uh, If you compare that to the bigger company, okay, you have more, you you will get more money. I'm pretty sure of that. But you have less responsibility, and also you have just one task to do the whole day, the whole. It's just your job, the one little task, you know? Um, and then when you leave that company, the only thing you know is only that little task. So you're not really, uh, what's it called, like other, other companies, but you're, you're not a win for other companies if you just bring only that little task.
0: Yeah, you get pigeonholed a lot faster at bigger companies.
1: Yeah, yeah, and at the beginning, in my opinion, it's, it's in the beginning. It's better to have a look at a lot of departments, a lot of topics, work in a, uh, with with a lot of in, in a lot of projects um, to to learn more and also to know where um, what uh, projects or topics you prefer more. So that's why I prefer the smaller companies. Also, the the working area is uh, also the climate of the working. I don't know what what you say. The culture. The culture. You know, it's more fun. It's more fami- familiar. It's like it's like a small family there. you talk different. I mean, um, I was in that. I was in a company um, as as a working student. Uh, the company was so small. Um, the the CEO sat beside me on the, at the uh, in the in the office. So um, and we just talked with him normally. We just went out for uh, for dinner and everything. So it's it, it just awesome, you know. It, it's not the fear you have when the CEO comes in or your supervisor comes in and then you're like oh shit he's here and i have to pretend i'm doing something or something something like that um but i have the feeling the a lot of companies or startups are going this way and um, have a very flat hierarchy there's no fear because if you have fear in the company you don't go you don't reach a lot of things you should have more uh, freedom the people should try things out you know without having a fear to i don't know to be fired or something yeah then then you will reach things you never thought about it excellent yeah smaller companies and then after that i mean after five years or something you can go to a bigger company and um, that's okay but i i I mean i think you just learn much more with a smaller company at the beginning
0: i definitely agree with that when you're at a smaller company, you wear a lot more hats and yes. you get more yes. interaction with the upper management and CEO, and sometimes uh, that gives you better opportunities later. But, you know, having a big company on your resume is very useful as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's always a pro and con, you know. Uh, yeah. There are post- positive sides and negative sides. I mean, there are positive sides uh, for a big company. For example, how we mentioned with the name on your resume, with the salary, on your bank account. Um, uh, Yeah, what can I tell you? Maybe that's all. I mean, you can also learn that a lot, but it's not common, you know? Um, It's not common that you learn a lot in a big company at first, because they just put you in one department and you're responsible for one thing. For example, purchasing you know you just are responsible for purchasing one thing for example on the only the wheels that's all that's all what you do all the whole day the whole month all the whole year you know so if you go to a smaller company as i used to i was a prod um i was i worked as a production engineer uh, but i had interactions with logistics with um vendors with um the associates themselves like the operators on the line building the car uh, with the design engineers with um, the upper management um with logistics i did a lot of things from a to Z. really there was nothing special like specialized or yeah so no ba- no boundaries you know like if there was a problem we we didn't just we didn't have a um, defined engineer or defined person for that Um you had to deal with that yourself so um, we did a lot ourselves that's why we learned a lot it was a big win for me awesome also um when i applied for other jobs and i just could tell that i did uh, almost everything so anything they just asked for i did that so um yeah so they were like did you work um in manual assemblies and i was like yeah i did In the other company was like did you ever did some automated thing yeah i did that also i mean uh um yeah, did you interact with associates? Yes, I did that. Um did you work out any uh, cat files or cad drawings or I don't know, did you build up some stations? I did all all of it. you know. Um you know how the logistics work? Yes, I I know that cuz I I worked with them very very closely. They were it was part of my job, so
0: All because you worked at a small company that Gave you that range of experience
1: that couldn't afford uh, an engineer for every task so they had one engineer for every task. so that's what i uh, prefer to say about that Um that's why you learn just everything and you're more likely to work uh, or apply for a lot of um, companies
0: well thanks for coming on the show do you have any last thoughts that you want to share to somebody who's considering manufacturing or mechanical engineering, car making?
1: The thing is, you shouldn't see mechanical engineering as a topic or, the, or as something you study and then you work at it and that's all. You should see that as a lifestyle you will have. You should know that it's not easy to get there to the, to the point, but it will pay off. So it will pay off, um, not not in your salary or um, um, at which company you work, but at the things you learn for yourself as a person.
0: Amazing. That is the end of the show. Thanks for listening. I learned so much from Haval's story, and I hope you did too. If you're looking for clarity on your next career move, consider hiring a career coach. A coach can help you shorten your career transition from years to months. Head on over to collabs.io and book a free 30 minute discovery call to see if coaching is right for you.